All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. I am Paul. And I am Eric. That's right, and we're back uh, starting a new series this week. Uh, we just got done, wrapped up our Thor series, three-parter. Uh, thanks for the Patreon request, Justin, again, for we, we requesting We done that. wrapped it up. We did. We, we <laughs> smited our hammer, we killed the bad guys, and we saved uh, Midgard. Yes. Wait, we smited our hammer? Oh, yeah. I don't know why we do that. <laughs> we smited with our hammer. Yes, we do that. That makes more sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we did. Uh, I wanted to. I picked this episode myself. I uh, I didn't leave a Patreon. I should have done that. I should have paid myself on Patreon to you, leave this request. You really should have. <laughs> um, That's I, just greedy. I handpicked this one, uh, Venom, by Donny Cates, uh, issues one through six this week, because I thought it would tie in really well with what we did last week uh, oh, yeah. with God of Thunder. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and now that you've read it, you can kind of see why I did that. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Because um, Null kind of ties in with that. And we've talked about Null even before that, too. We talked oh, about yeah. Null when we did Silver, Silver Surfer Black, so I kind of felt like it was overdue that we did this book. Yeah, definitely. I, it was great to get more context on right, it, because it was great in Silver Surfer Black. Yeah, and we, we'd done two books that had, like, con- like contextually been Null, like, you know, tangential to Null, so it's nice to finally be like, okay, here's the guy. Yeah. Here's the th- one we've been dancing around the whole time. Yeah, it all comes around. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be doing that, and then, of course, uh, since we're doing the Venom book, what else <laughs> are we going to cover but Venom? Oh, God. Oh, Venom, I, don't want, Venom, I never Venom. want to hear that again in my life. We watched the Venom movie, and it is uh, a movie. Honestly. And it ends with an Eminem song. <laughs> <laughs> like, going in, I knew it, I wasn't going to be blown away, but man, was that even worse than expected. Venom. Oh, God. <laughs> and it ends with an Eminem song. It's amazing. The- and I love it's Eminem, not a good but that way, was a terrible song. Oh, no, it's a bad song. <laughs> it's a really bad song. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be starting off our Venom thing. We're kind of playing it uh, fast and loose with our episode scheduling. Uh, the original premise of this show was going to be that we would kind of like dig in and review books that had like upcoming or ongoing adaptations. Yeah. But given that that's not really a thing at the moment, <laughs> yeah. there's not really any upcoming or ongoing adaptations. I mean, it's been kind of nice having like the liberty and freedom to choose whatever. That's but true. At yeah. the same time, like new stuff's always good. Also, what, What's going to happen when we cover every adaptation before the coronavirus ends? <laughs> exactly. And most of the adap- or most of the good adaptations are already gone. So oh, well, no, well, we, I don't give a shit about the good ones. I know, but what happens? With I'm all just the- saying we're getting close to the bottom of the barrel. Oh, I, I love the bottom of the barrel, though. That, 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 that's where I thrive. That's true. We still, still got to get steel in. I thrive at the bottom of the barrel. Oh, I guess. steel. I can't wait for that. Oh, my God. Shaquille O'Neal. I'm going to get try to get Shaquille O'Neal on this podcast. Isn't that the, like a 70-minute movie? I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. God. <laughs> Oh, yes. But uh, so, yeah, we're going to be uh, I don't really know what our upcoming schedule looks like either. So this is the perfect time where if you want to get your Patreon request in, like oh, we yeah. have room pretty much wherever. Like normally, yeah. like the Patreon, I'd be like, oh, we have like a thing coming up. We'll put you right after that. But yeah. Right now, it's like if you put a Patreon on tomorrow, like, fuck it, I'll start reading that book the next day. Yeah. Or that day. Yep. Hey, I'll be down. So let us know on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash agents of comic book. You only have to sign up at the five dollar level to leave a request. Uh, for a one episode thing, and it's uh, at the ten dollar level, you get to do up to a three part series. That's what we just did last week with mm-hmm. Thor: God of Thunder. Oh yeah, uh, we we dug into three volumes of that book. Um, and so, and it's, it's like a, uh, for Patreon too, it's like, a, it's a subscription service, but the way I'm setting it up, like, I don't mind if you just like, I have it set up to charge you immediately only. So that way, if you do come in and you want to do like a, uh, pay $10 to get your episode, you don't have to necessarily stick around on the Patreon. Yeah. You've paid your $10. You'll get your episode. Like you, you can stick around if you want to support us. Like, that's awesome. I really, you know, appreciate that. But oh, definitely. At the same time, if you're just like, well, I'm going to pay $10 cause no one's ever done a Scooby-Doo review. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Wait, there are Scooby Doo comics. Yeah, we've talked about this. Oh, Scooby-Doo yeah, the, Apocalypse. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh my god. So, oh, I almost kind of really want to do that. <laughs> oh man. And then watch the original Scooby Doo cartoon. Oh no, I want to. I want to watch the new movie. Oh yeah, that's like, right. Well, uh, with uh, what's it like, Freddie Prince Jr. with the terrible like bleached hair. <laughs> oh, we could watch the the James Gunn one with Scrappy Doo. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Wait, that was James Gunn. Yes, it was. Oh my god, <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy himself. That's insane. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, so feel free to do that, or if you just want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Agents of Podcast. Um, that's where we'll be tweeting. Like, it's where you can kind of see what we're doing ahead of time if you want to read the books that we're reading, and so that way you kind of have some background. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you don't have background, we try to. Talk talk through a lot of the plots that way even if you haven't read the books you can still kind of like get some entertainment value out of it understand what we're talking about oh yeah uh and speaking of what we're talking about we're going to be talking about uh venom volume one by donny cates and ryan stegman coming up oh yeah that was a great segue (laughs) that was solid all right so this is going to be a venom issues one through six this is the relaunch uh the most recent venom relaunch this run is still going on as of the time we're recording this it's uh 
Donny Cates has said he wants this to be like the longest running Venom run ever. And okay. at this point, I, it's believable. I think he's getting close already. I mean, I would assume if he, that's what he wants to do, I don't imagine Marvel wouldn't let him. Well, and Venom's selling better right now than it has in a long time. Okay. And it just like got hot off the tails of a really well-received event called Absolute Carnage, which we're not going to get into this week, but we, we probably will down the line. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Because um, actually, because uh, obviously we talked about it, we're doing the Venom movie after this. Cause the Venom sequel, though, I mean, pending whenever the you know the movie business picks up again, uh, that movie will be coming out relatively soon. Yep. So I, I feel yeah, and I actually got the Absolute Carnage paperback uh, signed by Donny Cates. Oh, you mean the you mean the single issue, or did you, did you buy the paperback? No, like the whole trade. Oh, you bought the trade? Yeah. Oh, sick. So you could actually just go and read that. Yep. I mean, you'd be reading it out of order, but yeah, <laughs> I, I would read the rest of the Venom run. First. No, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, because especially if we get to Absolute Carnage down the road. Oh, I'll tell you right now, Absolute Carnage is really badass. It's so good. Yeah, Not to get, we're getting extremely ahead of ourselves. Well, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm gonna have to finish the Venom. Oh run yeah, eventually. I'm just telling you when you get to it. It's okay. good. Gotcha. Uh, but before we talk about Absolute Carnage, <laughs> we should probably talk about the first six issues. Probably. I, I forget the name of the arc. I think it's called God is Coming. Um, and it's basically, it's I kind of call it like a re-origin for Venom. It definitely redefines like or uh, Venom's place in the Marvel cosmology. Okay. Uh, in my opinion, for the better. But some people might not like it. You know, Venom diehards, maybe. Yeah, I guess I don't have much context to like actual comic Venom, like pre- like pre- before this yeah i mean a lot of venom lore has been i mean venom is a relatively recent character he's like an 80s character like late okay. 80s so he's not like you know a character who goes back like way back to like the stanley era yeah but he's definitely like one of the top in like pop culture in in pop culture but yeah, yeah for sure now in popular yeah. culture and i mean as far as branding goes yeah he's he's really popular as far as that goes yeah um, so this is kind of like a retelling of like where he fits in the Marvel cosmology, which I really appreciate. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we get any farther, I do want to call it the creative team. I, I mentioned Donny Cates. He's the writer of this. Uh, also, uh, Pencils by Ryan Stegman, who is doing his best work ever on yeah. this Venom book. Like, yeah, this, he's great. It's continuously like amazing. Like the, and Donny Cates just gives him these spread pages to do. Where it's like, just draw like a car crash and just do your thing. And it's just <laughs> like beautiful like there's one in like we'll talk about later in this book where venom like stops a truck and it's just like a two-page spread of him stopping a truck and it's, oh, it's amazing uh we have inks by jp meyer and then we also have colors by uh frank martin who i was really appreciating the colors rereading this because the coloring is is very good in this as well um, yeah it's out of this world in this yeah because like it's just like um and, and I, i'm not sure if, I'm, I'm not an art expert but there's some combination of the inking and the coloring which i really like which gives this book like a lot of depth i feel like and kind of like a lot of really cinematic feel i think it's more the shading his shading is like insanely good yeah that, that too and, then, and there's something too to like how the panels like a lot of times panels will have like a white background i don't think there's like there's very rarely ever like a white background on the panels it's always black i feel like yeah i like, or, like that dark, a lot or like dark blue yeah it reminds me a lot of what um gabriel rodriguez does or not gabriel rodriguez uh i'm drawing a blank on his name the guy does invisibles and then the team that's doing uh the filth also oh okay right it's like very rarely are there white panels it's always kind of like incorporated with whatever the colors are in the actual or it'll panels. be like in the, the or like the picture of the background is the background of the panel yeah like exactly edges, yeah um, so yeah, I really, really like the art in this and it gets better and better as it goes on. By the time we get to absolute carnage, it's just like, it's like amazing. It keeps getting better and better. Yeah. The, um, from some of the cover art I've seen, it looks insane. Uh-huh. And, uh, so we start out with this, uh, with this run, it kind of, it's Eddie Brock kind of just like, uh, being Venom. And it's, it's funny because he, ha- he's kind of putting the, uh, like weights on himself to try to hold himself back Yeah, because he, he uncovers like there's the new jack-o'-lantern in town. Jack-o'-lantern is like this D-list Spider-Man villain. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool design, but he seems kind of lame. Yeah, he's, he's meant to be like, uh, you know, like a low levels. He's usually like the guy who gets knocked out for a joke. Yeah, although he's although, like just above street level. Right, although he did almost kill Spider-Man in Civil War, but that's also a bad book, so we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> oh, that's kind of bad for Spider-Man. But then, so yeah, so Jack Lantern, this is a new Jack Lantern, though, because when we, he mentions later, like, oh, no, I just found the suit. Like, yeah, I'm just like, trying I'm to do this. Yeah, not the real one, yeah. Right. Because um, he's trying, he's gathered these like criminals uh, in New York City to kind of come and like buy these like a- this advanced technology and kind of start like a new criminal organization is what he's trying to do. Okay. Um, and so Eddie Brock knows about this. He's kind of doing like investigative work, and like you think he's about to go venom and like stop everyone, but then he's like, nope, like sorry, sorry folks, it's not exciting. I'm just gonna call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the huge buildup, and then he's just like on top of a roof in the rain taking pictures. <laughs> right. It's like, well, I-, I mean, if I go down there, I might kill somebody. Yeah. Like, I-, I don't trust myself anymore, so I. I just call the cops and I let them do the work. Yep. 
um, and, and like Venom's in the inside, like, no, let's eat him, let's eat him. <laughs> and, and he, he kind of has this trick he does where he has like these anti psychotic uh, psychotic medicines. Yeah, that, which is an interesting uh, trick that he's trying out. Yeah, because I, I guess the theory is like it blocks out the voices, is what he says. Yeah, because yeah. you take anti psychotics, it's like for schizophrenic people. Right. And, like, so, I, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. In, in terms of like science comic book logic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's kind of using that to silence Venom, and Venom's like, no, you son of a bitch, let me out. <laughs> And, uh, and it's kind of what happens because um, as Jack Lantern kind of like breaks free of the cops and like shoots one of them, like all of a sudden Eddie Brock's like, well, shit, now now we got to step in. Yep. So he, he turns into Venom and jumps down to stop him. But then as he does it, like he kind of like goes insane for no reason. Like you, you, this swirl, this red swirl shows up on his head. Yeah, I love that design. And like once you figure out what it is, too, it's even cooler. Yep. Yeah, we'll see that a lot yep. uh, throughout this whole Donny Cates run um, because that's uh, kind of like a primordial symbol of like the Venom car, uh, yeah, symbiote that we'll learn. If you ever about. watched uh, season one of True Detective? It's like the spiral. Oh, it, it is kind of like, like a, that. It's like a red spiral. Yeah, you're right. That does that, that does kind of track. Yeah. Um, and like the this the symbol on his suit turns red too, and it, he gets like red and veiny, and almost kind of hulks out too. Yeah, like red accents. Yeah. And so uh, the the cops are like, oh fuck, like what do we do? <laughs> uh, but then out of nowhere, this sniper with like this green scope shoots Venom with like this green dart almost. Yeah. And uh, it clicks it, and it causes, like, this giant explosion, which apparently doesn't kill the cops. It looks like it does, but, like, they're fine. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> would Like, this destroys, like, a half of a building. Like, what is it? Like, blow them to safety? Like, whoa! <laughs> it's wild. a safety bomb. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Venom gets end up captured by this uh, mysterious sniper guy who we find out is uh, Rex Strickland, mm-hmm. who is uh, a new character for this run who will show up from time to time. He's, he's kind of an interesting character because, again, this is him kind of retroactively adding lore to the character oh yeah because uh, Rex Strickland uh, he's kind of, he has uh, Eddie tied to like this chair by a furnace so obviously like Eddie already knows like he knows something about symbiotes because he stopped me with like a sonic dart yep. and then he has me strapped to a chair right by fire so like, yeah, he so knows that, what he's doing yeah that checks off the two weaknesses yeah exactly and so and Eddie's drugs are starting to wear off too so so Venom inside him uh, is like kill him kill him <laughs> yeah. kill the motherfucker it's like listen dude I think I, I know you think you have an upper hand on me but you do not want to fuck around right and Rex Strickland kind of like talks to him like oh what you think you know like what this is like you don't yeah. even, like do you even know your symbiote's name and he's like uh yeah, name <laughs> yeah and he's like well do you even know where it's from what it eats like do you know anything about symbiotes and he's like kinda uh, and it's cool because Rex Strickland kind of like oh no you don't know anything about symbiotes I've I've dealt with symbiotes my whole life and shows him this picture which is like the first like oh shit moment I had when reading this run where it shows him like this picture of like these soldiers in seemingly Vietnam yeah with like symbiote like they almost they look exactly like uh like Agent Venom yeah exactly who is uh, Flash Thompson, who came before this, um, he actually mentions Flash Thompson too, because Rex is like, "Well, I was kind of hoping for Flash Thompson, but you'll have to do." Yeah, that comes up a few times. Yep, because Flash Thompson is like former military. He actually worked for the military as Venom, like oh, okay. as a spec op soldier. Oh, cool. Um, and eventually went on to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy and whatnot. Um, but so he, so when you see these soldiers in Vietnam, it looks just like uh, how Agent Venom looks. So kind of imagine that, where it's just like a like a guy with like a Venom gun, kind of just like in spec ops, like tactical gear okay gotcha so so clearly it kind of seems like uh rex strickland is implying that the venom symbiote's been around on earth for a while and it's been used by the government as like a tool mm-hmm. which is kind of like a cool take because the government i mean the u.s government is no uh, stranger to kind of like taking secret weapons and try, trying to deploy them yeah exactly and so these soldiers that he shows them in the picture rex strickland is basically saying like i need your help because like these symbiotes are on the loose and the, like the reason why you went crazy is it's linked to these soldiers like yeah. if you help me find them we can figure out what's going on hmm so Eddie's like, well, I guess, you know, fuck it. I don't, I, if I'm going to go crazy like this again, I got to figure out why. Yeah. I don't want to eat more people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and this is where we get that awesome shot. I mentioned uh, at the top of the podcast where it's like a spread page of, oh, yeah. of uh, Venom stopping the truck with, with the big, the big crunch. Yep. It's like a huge <laughs> crunch and like the, the truck just being like smashed by Venom. That's like accordion. Yep. And then like, we even have like the black narration box when, when he's Venom that we see. And it's like, I'm feeling much stronger now as the truck hits him. It looks really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of pages like that where it's always like a small like uh like a word box in the top corner and then it's just a giant spread of an auction mm-hmm. act like action sequence and stegman's really good at drawing like motion too i feel oh, like definitely yeah. yeah and like even in one like, without having multiple panels just showing one picture that implies a whole scene yep like that's really good 
And so Venom stops the truck, but as the truck explodes, we actually see these Spec Ops soldiers that Rex was looking for. Four of them step out, and they have the same swirl on their head that Venom had when he went crazy. Yeah, it's a bad scene. And then, the well, it's a worse scene because what happens is uh, as the fire, like, engulfs around them, they seem to be doing fine with the fire, but, like, Venom, like, uh, Venom itself literally backs away. It's like, I'm sorry, Eddie, I can't. Yeah. And so, and Eddie's like, oh, shit, what the hell? What the hell? Like, I'm <laughs> naked here. Exactly. And so, like, he's literally just himself, and he's like, oh. I'm fucked and he gets stabbed right through the heart by one of these soldiers and uh, as he's bleeding out on the ground uh, with uh, Venom the symbiote keeps saying like uh, I, they keep saying and they keep repeating the same phrase God is coming yep. and, and you see from the bottom uh, of the lake uh, this giant bat comes flying out yeah, it um, looks awesome. And, and we kind of cut that. We we didn't talk about that. That was actually the first scene in, of this issue was we opened up in like uh medieval like viking times oh yeah against and, the grendel because it's just like a one page where it's just like uh where's beowulf like the grendel's coming yeah they're just holding back a giant door from right the, from some monster for those who don't know the the classic beowulf story is is um it's, it's like an old like I, I remember reading it when i in high school like in my sophomore year just like as required reading yeah but it's basically just like beowulf and he's fighting this giant beast known as the grendel which donny cates is now using this book as saying like oh well, the grendel was real and it was this venom like this venom dragon yeah so like this thing has been around since at least then right this next issue too is kind of cool because while because eddie is basically bleeding out on the ground dying and uh, venom kind of comes back to him saying like oh eddie i'm so sorry like i don't like i don't know what happened like i'm trying to heal you like please be okay eddie yeah uh and while while eddie's being healed we kind of get some backstory as well on rex strickland but yeah it's it's uh, rex strickland in his platoon in vietnam and he's like i like i like the first line he has too where he's like listen before i tell you this story like i i was no hero i did plenty of fucked up things in vietnam like this was just me like just trying to survive yep um and like he's like they're pinned down by these enemy soldiers like in this valley and and rex strickland like his, his narration is always like kind of like cool and insightful too because like he, he's like talking about like what was happening like uh and he's like well we were pinned down and we had literally nowhere to go so we d started digging our own trench yeah that was a really cool sequence where it's just a, the grimmest possible outcome you could imagine right because it's like pouring rain and like they can't go backwards they yep. can't run to the sides like they have to just dig down and take <laughs> cover and as they're digging down they find like more bodies corpses so it's like the last people who were here they had the same idea and they yep. died here yeah they dug their own graves so rex strickland he's like well if if this isn't gonna work there's only one way out of here so he's like i, I just like i just charged like towards the field to try to save my men yeah divert the fire and he's got another cool line where he's like and like for all i knew like the the people aiming at us had their fair rights to revenge but that day i wasn't gonna let it be me yeah so he's like running across the field and uh taking all these bullets uh for, for his team as his team like runs away and uh, as he dies in the field, he's like, and that's where I thought I'd die. Like, that was going to be the end of me. Well, first he gets hit by a thing of napalm. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, yeah, the air support finally shows up. Oh, yeah. And he's like, the last thing I felt was the napalm as he <laughs> yeah. flies over. And so I wonder if his team even kind of like, because was that his Venom team? Is that what we're implied? Or was that? Or no, that, that must have been before the Venom team. Yeah, it had to have been. Because what I'm wondering is the rest of his team, like when he becomes the Venom Squad, was that was that the same squad or did they build a new squad? Or it might have been that event where they all got the Venom shit. Yeah, because that's what I was wondering. If it got napalmed, did they all get napalmed? Possibly. Maybe. I'm not. I'm, that part was unclear to me. Yeah, same. Um, But regardless, what ends up happening, because he's like, my next memory is I woke up on a table and Nick Fury was standing over me. Yeah. It's kind of a cool cameo that right. I wasn't expecting. Because, yeah, that was great. Because if, if Nick Fury's involved in this, that kind of adds more to Nick Fury's character, too, because that's something he's been silent about forever. Yeah, like, exactly. He's never mentioned this. Nope. I mean, the, the meta reason is because it hadn't been written yet. Well, yeah. It's cool when you look <laughs> back on it uh, and just kind of like anytime he's ever dealt with Venom, just kind of now recontextualize it, be like, he he's keeping something yeah exactly it's kind of a cool twist yep um and nick fury himself isn't really around in the comics right now but still it's you can go back and kind of read some of that with new with a new light yeah uh because it's just like him in the shadows you don't even see his face it's just like him like he has one line in this book it's just like do it <laughs> <laughs> palpatine <laughs> and then there's a really cool um like kind of cosmic uh, art page by by stegman here when uh it's like rex's first connection to the symbiote because this is where we see like you know the first sight of like the clintar which is like it's like i got oh, this yeah. cosmic awareness like instantly where i saw like this like void of like faces and skulls like screaming at me like into the void like like wishing for darkness yeah and like he saw like this giant bat in like the middle of the cosmos and he's like what the fuck is that <laughs> yeah the dragon out of this page is super awesome too. yeah the grendel like in space looks amazing yep 
Because the Grendel, it, it, just to kind of describe it, it looks like a giant bat with like a big kind of serpent's tail with like literally like a bat's head, but like a venom tongue coming out of it. Yeah. It, it looks really, really cool. Yeah, it's an awesome design. It, and then it, the, the issue ends with like a, or they clo- kind of closes out with like a big spread page of it, like flying into New York City. Yeah. And it's like these helicopters are flying after it, just trying to keep keep containment. And the news ra- and the, the news is like, well, we're, we've called the Avengers. There's no, there's no answer. We've called the X-Men. There's no answer. <laughs> really good timing. <laughs> They they kind of lampshade the reason why they're not there later. They do, um, and, and it does track. So it, I'll it give does. it to them. Okay. And it's like any time in a superhero universe, if you tell me like the Avengers or any other superhero is busy, I feel like I'm instantly gonna buy it because their books are happening yeah, while I'm reading true. this. You know I what suppose, I mean? Yeah. Like so there will be weeks where I literally just get done reading the Avengers and then go to read Venom. So it's like I can buy that the Avengers are busy. I just read what they were busy with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, well, you'd think at least one person does, but then in this, eventually one other right. person. Does. And usually their shit's just as world ending because you know every writer wants their book to be important too. Yeah, exactly. So it's like like every thread is like important. Yep. And so the this issue kind of ends with Venom flying in to go take out the Grendel. He, he figures, well, now I got to do this myself. There's not going to be any help. Yeah. Uh, and like then, no one else is going to fight this giant dragon. But and then we see someone else is going to try because <laughs> the last panel is Miles flying in from behind him, and he's like, "Oh, is that a Venom?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, cause I, I haven't read any of Miles' stuff in the 616. I've read a little bit of his stuff in the Ultimate Universe where he's from, but since, uh, Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run ended, the, the Ultimate Universe basically ended as well, and, like, all the Ultimate characters are here in this universe. Okay. That's why Miles is here, and that's why later on we'll see the Maker is here. Yep. Um. Yeah, I remember all that. So... It's kind of it, when Miles meets him, it kind of seems like it's their it's his first time meeting Venom, and I don't know if that's true or not, or what their history is, because it does seem like he has some kind of history with of Venom. Yeah, because he tells Venom that he like either killed his mom or like hurt his mom right. or something, and yeah. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's from the Bendis six one six stuff, or that could even be from the Ultimate, the Ultimate Universe. universe yeah. It, yeah, it could. I'm not sure. That would be my guess because Eddie Brock in this doesn't universe, seem to know what he's talking yeah, about. He has yeah, no clue. He's like, yeah. maybe I did that, and if I did, I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's believable. It sounds like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't take account for everything. Well, oh wait, oh, it was me being a dick. I mean, that tracks. <laughs> Can't blame you. So Miles and him kind of have a confrontation, but then they look, and the, I mean, this dragon is causing like complete havoc on New York. So both of them are like, "We'll deal with this later. Like, yeah, we, we can do our shit later." Kind of have a common goal. And, and uh, Miles shows him like the the uh, his move that he has is like electric blast, which he calls the Venom Blast. Yeah. Is, oh yeah. But it was either that or symbiote something. Yeah. No, it's called the Venom Blast because yeah, then Eddie's like, "Good name." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Because it's always been called that, and uh, I'm not quite sure why Bendis decided to call it a Venom Blast, but okay. it, I don't think it was meant to be a Venom reference. Gotcha. Because Venom in the Ultimate Universe worked a lot differently, I remember. Okay. But this next issue is kind of cool because we get our first introduction to Null, when because he, he shows up out of the Grendel when they try to fight it. He like walks out of it like an alien in a spaceship. Yeah, it just comes out of his mouth. Yeah. And uh, he kind of explains a little bit of his origin, which we we know a little bit of from us reading Silver Surfer Black uh, Mm -hmm. several months ago. Um, because we saw him, we actually saw, saw Noel in his heyday. Like that was cause Silver Surfer Black, uh, is a book about the Silver Surfer going back in time to like yeah. the dawn of the universe. Yeah, pretty much dawn of creation. And that's when Noel was like, you know, just doing his thing. Like that's when he was like fi- fighting wars. Yeah. It is like crazy planet. Yeah. Cause Noel's backstory is pretty cool. Like it ties back to the original origins of the Marvel universe or at least this iteration of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I really like how they tied it in. Because the Marvel Universe is kind of a, a cool concept. It's like it's kind of like described in like Kelpas, which is where like you know time will constantly cycle. Yep. Um, and time's a flat circle. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and a lot of books like to explore the science of that. Like Hickman's uh, Avengers does that, and uh, uh, E Wing's Ultimates does that. Okay. So like this is the eighth iteration of the multiverse that we know of. Gotcha. Um, and so like every like every time that's like where Galactus comes from. He comes from the multiverse before every time. Okay. Um, he's like the one survivor of the the previous multiverse. Hmm. Um, so we start out there, like at the dawn of time, and and Noel describes it as like total blackness. And he's like, I was the lord of that. Like it was all darkness, and it was just a void. And it was it was infinite. Like it was all ours. Okay. And uh, and then he just and then he's like, but then there was a bang, and like light exploded into the universe, mm. and that's where we see uh, the celestials. And the celestials, um, I don't know how much background you you have on them necessarily. 
Uh, is this the first book we've talked about the Celestials? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's come up before. I think we've talked about them just like, I know while you... watching the Marvel movies. Yeah, and because I, I know you've described them to me a bunch of times. Yeah, because you know, like, uh, nowhere. It, it's definitely been referenced and stuff. I maybe haven't read here, like, on the podcast, but definitely that I've read, like, outside. Yeah, and even in, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they've been referenced. Because you remember, like, Nowhere and Guardians of the Galaxy, that severed yeah, head? Yeah, yeah. Like, yep. that's a, the severed the head of a celestial, head. yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and, like, they show it uh, briefly in, like, uh, one of the Thor movies, too, where it's, like, the celestial with, like, the giant staff, like, smashing the ground. Oh, right, yeah. Um, So that they, they're kind of, like, the giant, like, celestial, like, beings uh, that kind of formed the universe and made it habitable for life. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of just like started shooting planets out of their hands and like <laughs> sprouting them with like life, and we kind of saw some of that in uh, when we talked about God of Thunder too. Yep, uh, it's kind of cool now that we've talked about all these books. We're kind of t- tying together, and you know, all of them. Yeah, it's nice to like attach some strings. Because Gore described the Celestials differently, but he, I mean, I think he was definitely describing Celestials because they didn't look like this in his description of it. But he, um, it could have been like early Celestials, yeah, or, like or young or, Celestials, or we were just seeing a different interpretation of it you know yeah um because he was describing beings who spawned from light who created life those are celestials and like that's essentially what it seems like or it could have been what the celestials created it could have been yeah, yeah. the gods they created yeah, yeah. uh but it's cool because we see no like because he's just like he was the god of the darkness and these uh, beings come in and he's like well this is bullshit and the <laughs> first thing he does is kill one of them and like take its soul out essentially and he makes like this sword out of its soul yeah which is which, a pretty cool concept which we've seen before yes we have the necro sword uh this was gore the god butcher's weapon in the book we just talked about yep um so i'm glad th- this is exactly exactly why i chose to do this book right after uh god of thunder because it ties in really really well yeah it was a great tie-in um so he literally like pulls this sword from the body of a celestial and uses it to carve up a bunch of gods essentially and for for many years no kind of wages war against the light like because he i mean it's kind of unstoppable what the celestials are doing like creating and spawning life like i would it, think it's multiplying <laughs> at a rate no can't keep up with because yeah. he's trying to just kill them all he's almost doing like a gore thing going around killing gods yeah exactly uh, but he can't keep up with it so he's just doing his best he he forges the the blade uh, into the Necro Sword, which will be Gore's weapon. And yeah, we s- which, and I really like this because that Donny Cates pretty much put an answer to why one of the weaknesses of symbiosis fire is because both of them and he says that the clang of oh, the, the hammer the clang of the hammer yep. yeah yeah and the fire of the forge yeah it's uh, i love that idea a lot yep so that's why he's weak to sound and that's why he's weak to fire yep, yep. uh and it's because he's like well they'll, they'll always fear the forge it's where they came from yeah so it's like that's their weakness yeah i love that so so yeah we, we see like scenes of of null just like going through space cutting up gods and one of the scenes we see is him cutting up these like golden angels above a planet yep. and these golden angels look familiar oh yeah um and because we'll, he's he's above um i already forgot the name of gore's planet but um i added to um, <laughs> the, the the planet of uh, of sad people <laughs> the sad squid dudes <laughs> sad squid dude planet <laughs> uh but yeah we see him and no was like I, I kept waging my war until eventually one of them beat me um which is kind of because it's kind of cool because they I, i'm wondering that it kind of adds more to the character who Null killed who Gore ran into on the planet. Because when Gore runs into him, he almost seems like a coward. Yeah, and it almost just, he just looks like a regular kind of god soldier dude. Right. He doesn't look like a head honcho. He doesn't like, look like the one who killed Null. Exactly. But yeah. I guess that's how it is sometimes in, in history. That's your David and Goliath type deal. Yeah, well, and sometimes in history, it's just like, yeah, he was killed in battle. And like, that doesn't necessarily mean he was killed by some famous warrior. True, it's just yeah. Like it, he, it, it's yeah. rarely ever like the famous warrior who everyone expects to defeat the evil. Right. That, that ends up wars doing aren't it. like Game of Thrones, where it's like yeah. the, the two named characters meet up on the battlefield every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like sometimes it's just like he got the stab in. Yeah. And so like uh, Null falls to the planet with this like golden god. And um, and that's when we it's it's very subtly hinted at. They don't say Gore's name, but we very clearly see Gore himself walk up to the the corpse. Yep. And he even describes uh, it's kind of like a cool narration. He's like he describes Gore. He's like this creature walked up to me and took the necro sword, and the necro sword like took over him. Yeah. He's like, can you imagine like a mortal being like being like engulfed by that much power? Yeah. Like he had discovered something he would never understand. Right. And it's funny. We turn the page, and he's describing this scene to Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> and Eddie's like, funny you say that because i know exactly how that feels yep. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny where, where eddie's just like yeah well gore i can kind of see why he went crazy yeah i can relate yeah 
It's kind of hard not to kill people when you're a Venom symbiote. <laughs> um, and we, and we, and as as Null talks about his history, this whole issue is just like really fascinating to me because we get uh, more context on what happened with the Grendel too. We get we go back to that scene back in uh, in like the first century. Um, or not first century, like eighth century uh, Viking times. Yep, where uh, we see like the you know the the uh, the the Vikings like where is Beowulf? Yeah, and uh, and we and literally we see what's outside now that we know what the Grendel is. We know what they're fighting. Yep, we see the the symbiote dragon. Yeah, and then out of the thunder, not Beowulf shows up. Oh, yep. Because <laughs> that's the cool part is Noah's like, well, yeah, I just continued my conquest, so I continue my conquest. No one, no one stopped me. Yep. Um. So I guess he he survived his wounds from the. Uh, like going down from the golden god. It's just he lost the sword. Yeah, exactly. So Gore must have just like gotten away. Yeah. Um, because so no keeps fighting his war, but once he gets to Earth, he's like Earth is the first place I met resistance. And yep. then, like you said, uh, he, they don't run into Beowulf, but then out of nowhere, it's like maybe Thor will answer I know, the call. I, I love that line. It's like I'm not Beowulf, but perhaps Thor could suffice. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. It, it's and like the level. It, I love when it's like. Uh, it's not his book, but like you just get that uh, secondhand description of Thor. Yeah, totally. And, and because it's not his book, you don't focus it's on like it too the much. Out, the outside, the outside perspective of it. Yep, and it, and because it's just mentioned like a little bit, it makes it like cooler, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Because it's like this this null who has no uh, no context of Thor really outside of this at all. He's just like I ran into some creature that was just so powerful I couldn't stop it. And like what adds a little more for me too is like how uh, he draws it. Also, it's like it's almost completely shadowed out, so you don't see Thor's. Face. Face, you just kind of see like a just a shadow yep. of him, and like that just adds like more mystique to it. Right, it's almost like what Null saw him as, like exactly oh, this great beast. Yeah. yeah, totally. So it's cool. It's like, ooh, that's Thor. Like, hey, he's my buddy. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy. If only Thor was here now, this would be easy. It's like it's the perfect fucking Leo uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme. It's like that's Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I know that. I know him. And uh, I-, I wish Eddie would have had a line like, hey, I know that guy. You better be careful. He'll be back any minute. <laughs> yeah, right. He's dealing with some shit right now, but I'm sure he'll be ready any minute. Yeah, for real. And so, yeah, so that's what happens. You see, uh, Null fights Thor and Thor like bodies him, like takes him out. And not only that, but the lightning sh- shatters him from his connection to the other symbiotes. Yeah, it fuses it off. Because this whole time, uh, Null was fighting wars on multiple planets using symbiotes, like controlling them all at once, mm-hmm. like like a, like an AI, like a hive mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he describes himself. Yep, and so, but it, it, when Thor like shocks him with the, with the lightning, like it disconnects him from everything. All this, he's just null all of a sudden. Yep, and and when he wakes up, he's you know back in space. He was never really on Earth. He was just controlling the Grendel. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's back in space, and now he's surrounded by all these uh, symbiotes. And <laughs> now, now they're free. Yep, and they're like. Oh fuck you, man! <laughs> this like, is a problem. Yeah, because the, uh, these in, these symbiotes were essentially like enslaved by Null for uh, eons. Yeah, dawn um, of time. Right, and Null just thought of them as like appendages. Yeah. Uh, but now they're all like, well, now we're in charge, and you're going down. Yeah. And Null describes it like they literally wrapped around him like uh, like a ball, like a like a rubber band ball. Yeah, it's like a living prison planet. Yeah, it's like a living venom rubber band ball pr- <laughs> prison. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, they just wrap around him and trap him in like a prison. And we saw that in which Silver ter- Surfer Black. Yeah, which is a terrifying image. It is, yeah. Like, I, I, that would be a terrible fate. And when, when Trad Moore drew it, it was it was terrifying too. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Because his was like extra gooey. No, totally. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yes, yeah, so, and that's when... Uh, and this is kind of like some cool retroactive lore too because uh, the whole Clintar thing was kind of a recent addition to say, the... Did- did the name or anything with Clintar come up in Silver Surfer? Uh, yes, Black? it did because because okay. uh, Donny Cates also wrote Silver Surfer. Yeah, Black, so. I just didn't know where that if it had come before or after or whatever. Uh, he didn't invent the concept of Clintar, but he changed it here because Clintar was he, they they thought that's where he like lived or came yeah, essentially from, that was a re- relatively recent addition to the Venom lore where it's like well someone uh, I think it was Bendis where he wrote like where did Venom come from? Here's uh, this planet, it's called Clintar, gotcha, and his race is called the Clintar, and they he made it kind of very simple, okay, um, where it's just like yeah it's the the planet of symbiotes and they're just doing symbiote things yep so donny cates kind of took that idea and he's like well sure but maybe that's a lie maybe that's like what they tell people yeah that's yeah. like that's the symbolization of it yeah that that's like what you know dumb dumb eddie brock looked at and said that's it yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so now when we see the planet it's recontextualized it's literally just a collection of symbiotes yeah no so it's like it's it's not the planet of the symbiotes it's like my prison yeah it's it's the it's the symbiote word for cage yeah, yeah. 
And while this is all going on, we kind of forgot about Miles. He's kind of been knocked out this whole time. Yeah. But he kind of comes in the clutch. He, like, comes out of nowhere and just clocks uh, Null out of nowhere. And Null's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's a good move. Yeah. And so Eddie's like, hi, you didn't know about the Spider-Man, did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Venom Blast, bitch. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of like that Null is, like, taken aback. Cause it's like, good. Like, Spider-Man should be able to do something here. Oh, yeah, like, totally. Because, like, because initially in this situation when Null shows up, you're like, he's not going to do shit. <laughs> like he's gonna get absolutely murdered by this guy. Yeah, but I, I like that because you know because um because Miles is like stepping up like how he like Miles is kind of the only one in New York like he was if if Eddie didn't show up this would be like Miles's fight exactly. So yeah. I'm glad Miles is kind of like putting his body in for the play, be like I got to do something here. I don't know what I'm fighting, but I'm just gonna clock him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's being productive. Yeah, and it, it gives uh, Eddie enough time to get free, which helps too. Uh, but um. The, the the dragon actually kind of like it's kind of like what we saw in Immortal Hulk when when a Hulk kind of swallowed that guy in his body. Oh um, right! By like wrapping him around in goo. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, so he kind of like captures Miles and takes him into like the horizon and flies off into space with Miles. Yep. So so the so where we left him, Miles and Eddie are kind of being dragged into space by the by the Grendel. Yeah, they're in the uh, belly. Null is is there but not there. Uh, he because he says he's still in the cage. He's still like in space, but he's using. He's basically piloting the Grendel like yeah, a, like it a was, tool. It was just like a like a physicalization of him. So his plan is basically just take him into space, plop him on the ground, make him go splat, and then I'll come back and take over Earth. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, he still hasn't answered the Thor problem though. I don't think I don't think Null realizes this. His plan is very flawed. I think it's a big oversight. Yeah, because <laughs> the reason he got stopped on Earth wasn't because of Eddie Brock. Yeah, exactly. So he's like he comes back to earth he still hasn't solved problem problem number one yeah i mean he's looking for all the pieces but i feel like you should still kind of have somewhat of a plan right because he had the because right now his plan is reassemble the grendel yeah because we'll find out in a minute here that the rex strickland is a part of the grendel yeah like he, he, he he's still had piece he still has the venom symbiote not only that but he basically is the venom yeah, symbiote at this point yeah he's clay facing it yeah rex strickland is at this point dead uh, maybe you could argue maybe not dead maybe mixed into his dna a little bit yeah i'd, I'd say so um, because um, I, I think it's still like his consciousness to an extent. It's his, per yeah, it's almost, or at least his personality. It's almost like the symbiote, like control seed, his personality and yep. then pasted it onto himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the best way to like put it. Yeah. It's almost, it's like a swamp thing situation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's exactly like swamp thing where it's like the venom has absorbed his memories for all intents and purposes. He is Rex Strickland. Yeah. No, I, I like that analogy a lot. Yep. Um, and so he is like a part of the Grendel. Like the, that's how Nick Fury created these soldiers. Was he took parts of this Grendel that they found, this ancient monster, oh, okay. um, from the remnants of Thor, Thor's battle with it. Uh, like they must have found it like deep in the dirt. Yeah, yeah. And so Rex, that's why uh, Null is showing up on Earth now because he wants the other pieces of it, which are these other soldiers we saw initially. Yeah, that Rex was trying to save. So it's so it's like I get why Null's coming here now. It's because he wants to reassemble the Grendel. He's like, okay, all the parts are now active. I know where they are. Yeah, but it's like. He he still hasn't answered the first question of, well, the whole reason I got stopped there the first time was because of a God of Thunder. Yeah. He hasn't gone anywhere. I would have checked that off the list first. Right. I mean, I, I guess you get the Grendel, then you get your full power. He had the Grendel the first time, though. I guess, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Like, well, why would you just attack New York? Yeah. Like, what does that get you? Like, you're not know. even taking out the Avengers. Like, <laughs> if Thor can take you out, there's probably at least a handful of other people on Earth who can take you out, I feel like. Yeah, probably. Like, Thor- Especially now. Because Thor is, like, one of the most powerful people, like, superheroes, I would say. But there's people, like, you know, even crazier than I that. I mean, it, it could be something specific to, like, the Odin, like, Force or, like, it the It may Thunder, be, yeah. But, I, I mean, I have a hard time believing, like, Jean Grey couldn't do something. You oh, know? yeah, true. Um, but I mean that that's we'll we'll, like, we'll get to that in Absolute Carnage if you want to see how, how all the other heroes stack up. That's where that oh, question okay. gets answered. Gotcha. Because uh, by when by the time we get to Absolute Carnage, it's going to be like all the heroes are involved in this saga. Okay. Um, but where we left Miles and Venom, uh, the Grendel was basically just going to try to lop, lop him over the city and kill him. But as Miles and Eddie are falling, like they're like, "Oh shit, what do we do? Like, there's nothing to grab onto. I can't use my web shit up here." Yeah, Eddie's like, "Use a use like a web parachute." <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's like, like, "I, I don't, don't have do that." that. <laughs> <laughs> what is this a cartoon? <laughs> and then uh, then the uh, the symbiote wakes up and it's like Eddie, Eddie, yeah, like, it's like Eddie, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we have this. Like we have control again. Like yeah. let us help you. It's like grab the kid and go limp. And we get like one of my favorite spread pages. It, I, I made this our Twitter banner oh, yeah. uh, on Twitter because it's a, a double page spread of just like Venom against the moonlight, like with these spread like bat wings, like the Grendel had. Yeah, like, it looks amazing. Carrying Miles, <laughs> 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 flying around. It's like holy shit, you can fly. And it's like I didn't know that. Yeah, this is a great spread. This is new to me as well. <laughs> 
And he drops Miles off, and he's like, Miles, I'm going to go deal with this myself. You're done. You've done enough. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, go home. And Miles, for a second's like, not so fast. I'm coming with you. And then he's out of web fluid. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I'm out of web fluid. So like, yeah, fuck it anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, he's got this. And he has a funny line, too, where he's like, I hate this symbiote shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. And uh, this is, it's kind of, uh, we get like a moment, too, where it's like, now... Uh, for the rest of this run, it almost seems like Venom's powers are going to kind of be expanded as well. Because not only can he fly, but the symbiote also mentions like, well, now I, I can also like change your body chemistry too. Like, do you want to feel happy? I can make you feel happy. He's like, wait, you can do that? <laughs> yeah, he gets like a mad power up. Right. So it's like he's gained all this control over his powers, but he also says the dangerous thing now is we are linked to Null. Yeah, so he'll know exactly where we are. Yep, so they're on the clock now. Yep. So they go back to find Rex Strickland, and at this point, they kind of gathered that maybe Rex knows more about the Grendel and whatnot that, than he's letting on. Yeah, Cause the a lot more. Because the first thing Eddie does is stab him in the face. Yeah, just puts a giant crater through his head. <laughs> at first, you're like, whoa, what? And then, and then he pulls it back, and it's like, oh, it's because he knew he was a symbiote. It's like, yeah. you're lying to me. Exactly. Because I think at this point, like, uh, the symbiote, like, uh, Eddie's symbiote can sense, like, because after his gained powers, he can probably sense, like, you're right, you're standing right next to me. Yeah, he feels a connection a lot stronger. Right, and they can even kind of talk to each other wirelessly yep and that's where we get a lot of this uh this backstory that we talked about earlier with like rex in vietnam and the fact that like the symbiote's taking over as him kind of like a swamp thing thing like we talked about yep and it, it's cool because uh this is this uh this symbiote rex's symbiote kind of is reminds us of eddie's symbiote as well because he kind of mentions like uh, you know, I, I just wanted to go on living as Rex Strickland. Like, I, I had my chance to go back to Null, back to, like, where I was supposed to, back to re- basically report to my leader. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want to. Like, this planet's, like, too good. Like, I've never lived a life before. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I, I think, I love that line. It's like, oh, well, I came to destroy the life, but when I saw it, it was like, and then it was it's beautiful, like dot, dot, yeah. dot, and, and then Venom is like, like, finishes his sentence. He's like, it was beautiful. Yep, yep. I love that. It's like I like I understand like we we stayed too yeah exactly yeah. and then because uh, they they basically what what ends up happening is they uh, suck up Rex's uh, symbiote because Rex's symbiote is very trackable to Null because yeah, it's they, part of the Grendel they do like a persona fuse they do yeah <laughs> <laughs> they they fuse their uh, Venom personas <laughs> and uh, so now uh, Rex is kind of like a voice in their head like as they're going through they've now like they truly are Legion now oh yeah and Rex is like now if we need to fight symbiotes like trust me I've been preparing for this day for a very long time mm-hmm. and he takes him to this like bunker of like sonic weapons yeah it's time to strap up yep <laughs> it's like all the it's like the the same kind of gun that he shot uh eddie with in the first uh in the first issue yeah the, where, like, the little like dart explosive yeah they're not standard explosive they're like sonic explosive so yep. it'll like sonic boom you back oh yeah they got the tools for the job it, the last issue is like a big like battle between uh Eddie, I guess you could say Rex, the symbiote, and Null. Yeah. Because Null tracks him down pretty quick, just like they said they would. But then oh, yeah. Eddie, and then Eddie's ready with like these like strapped like sonic weapons. Yeah, there's a great page where it's just like Venom just standing there with a whole bunch of attachments on him. Yep, just like blasting into the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, as they, they they attach it with all these like sonic mines, like the green mines we saw in the first issue. Yep. And as it goes off, we actually see Null like in his cage in the Clintar like being shocked as well. Yeah. And the symbiote's around him kind of looks shocked like whoa someone's doing something yeah exactly and uh and no actually has a, a really cool line where it's like he kind of has like a moment of weakness he's like how is this happening like how are you beating me like are you also a god yeah and exactly. he's like i'm not really man <laughs> <laughs> he's like even if i'm not in control like you can't beat me right it's like and eh, maybe um, and that's so I kind of like Null because uh, he kind of starts out as like this like primordial elder god, but I kind of like that he has weaknesses. Exactly, like, and he's that, not like unbeatable seeming. And like uh, like in previously when Miles used the Venom Punch on him, like it's really refreshing to see like what is yeah like you said a perceivingly invincible force can actually like take a hit and like not like completely absorb it. Yeah, it's nice to because it's nice to have him be threatening, but still have it be like. Uh, where you you feel like something could happen at any moment, like at any moment you could get the upper hand. Exactly, yeah. Like it's a formidable opponent, no doubt, but like it's not invincible. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and like, and then not only that, but like, even when you do beat him, he's not like shaking his hand into the wind. He's actually like, you know, fearful. Like, exactly. He, like yeah. He, he's a god with like emotions. Yep. Oh, and the way they beat him is uh, as as they weaken him, they kind of like trap his body in a furnace. Yeah. And like start burning him alive, and they have to hold the the fire door like hold held shut while he burns to death. Yeah, and it starts out with both of them, and then eventually Venom's like, "I got to peace out, dude. Like, I can't do this." So yeah. at, just Eddie's holding it back while he's getting. like Well, I think fried. Venom tried to like uh, do. 
do as much as he because he's like he, Eddie. I'm trying to heal he you did as fast as, much as, as I he can. Could. Yeah, yeah, but like you're, sure. you're burning too fast. Like there's too much. Oh yeah. And like the last shot we get is just like a burnt up Eddie Brock like on the ground, and then the symbiote's like, "I'm sorry, Eddie." Yep. Uh so that that'll be the cliffhanger where we leave it. I mean, like, so Venom and Eddie, they're like, just "Oh dead. yeah, it's the last issue. Yeah, it's, it's over. over. <laughs> it's over. Absolute carnage is about some other guy. Yeah, that's yeah, called uh, Betty Bach. Gotcha, <laughs> Betty Bach. <laughs> Uh, she's great unfortunate (laughs) name um yeah so this is the the setup i wanted to get through this just because this whole this is basically like the null arc yeah um after this it's probably a long time coming for me to read this oh yeah and and the the run is a large part about null but not only so like the the next like the next arc is a large part about the maker which is really fun so i highly recommend continuing to read this because the maker is one of my favorite characters they've added recently yeah i'm definitely interested in that now yeah the maker is like endlessly entertaining to read about okay because he he just like it just loves like poking things in the multiverse just to see what happens and you're like (laughs) oh don't do that (laughs) you're gonna summon an elder god (laughs) uh and and then the art like i said the art keeps getting better and better by the time you get to absolute carnage it starts tying in with the rest of the marvel universe like even immortal hulk and it like it's so cool okay uh but yeah so that'll bring us to the end of our uh, venom book coverage but that also leaves us with the movie venom the the best part venom you're gonna go get a venom god damn it (laughs) That Eminem song is stuck in my head and I can't get over it. See, I've been trying my best not to get it stuck in my head and you keep ruining it. Yeah, well, you're going to be uh, stuck in here with me. <laughs> Even with these movies that we do where like, we go in it kind of knowing that it might not be good, I kind of, I usually try to go in looking for positive things, but I'll mm-hmm. be completely honest, this is one of the hardest times I've had. Yeah, and, like we reviewed some pretty bad stuff. I was surprised how much I struggled with this one. Yeah, <laughs> we've reviewed some really bad stuff. Yeah. And like this was... Close to the worst. Exactly. And like, and we reviewed like the Birds of Prey show. <laughs> and this isn't even like comic book movie bad. Like this is just bad movie bad. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And the fact that like, and this doesn't even really feel like a comic Venom like movie because it's not Spider-Man related. No. Like that, the, almost the entire, I mean, the entire and character isn't different, but. It doesn't. And that's the thing too. A lot of people complain about that. And I do understand that, but I think. This arc that we just read kind of proves that you don't have to have Spider-Man oh, in it. And oh, totally. Like, you could have you taken that Miles you, part out, and it c- wouldn't have changed. Yeah, exactly. Like, Miles being in it was awesome, but he you could have done the story without him. It was, yeah, there was just a little sweetener, basically. Right, yeah. He was, like, uh, someone to talk to, like, yeah. kind of someone to like to, to step up and kind of show him who Spider-Man was. Yeah. Um, But, like, in here, like, you, I feel like th- even this story that they tried to tell could have worked without Spider-Man, but it was bad for other reasons. Oh, yeah. Like, this movie had, like, was poorly edited poorly paced like there's entire scenes where like i don't think they were trying to make me laugh but like <laughs> it was doing oh, it. tons of scenes like that like i would just love to be a fly on the wall during that scene where tom hardy like first gets the symbiote just like downing frozen tater tots <laughs> <laughs> and then running out of his apartment and screaming at his neighbor for playing the guitar too oh not loud. even screaming just like doing a silent huff and puff it's li- no it's straight up like a like like a freaking dragon ball z like super saiyan like charge up like he <laughs> Goes, he goes ballistic. No, he, he doesn't even scream, though. He's just like... <laughs> well, the, I think he actually did, but it, they, it was just muted because it was so oh, loud over the right. guitar. Yeah. It was oh, just, God. I don't even know. And, like, I, I, the, I thought what would maybe save this movie would be Tom Hardy, but... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it was the directing or Tom Hardy just phoning it is in. Is Tom Hardy becoming a worse actor? I don't. I can't. say I feel that. like a lot of the early stuff I've seen him in, I was like, "Wow, this guy's a really good actor. Like he's great." And then like lately stuff I've seen him in, I've been like, "What has happened?" Well, I feel he definitely does a lot of bad I, movies, and he but... keeps getting cast as an American, which I don't think is working for him. It's not because <laughs> he keeps having to do these weird accents. Because there's like scenes where. He's just being a normal human guy, and he's even still acting weird. Because he, he seems like a person that's like playing. A, it seems like he's visibly playing a character when it, it should does. just be him being him. Yeah, and he's always like hunched over and kind of like pointing at things and like moving his shoulders. It's I don't some, know. It's weird. Yeah, it's just an odd character that makes almost no <laughs> sense. I did not get it. I, I couldn't understand what tone they were going for with him. Like the and the first like forty five minutes are pretty much venomless. Oh yeah, it's it's about forty five minutes till you see an actual like symbiote like around Venom. Yeah, the whole first forty five minutes is all about like him as like a vice reporter, kind of just going around like doing interviews with like uh like CEOs and stuff. Yeah, it's trying to like expose like shady business like tactics and like corrupt CEOs. Right, and then he ends up like stealing private emails from his like lawyer uh fiance yeah. uh, like because he's trying to interview like this uh dude who is basically an elon musk type 
I can't remember the character's name. I don't even care. Yeah, <laughs> but, I don't know. Because, yeah, and then he's basically trying to gain, like, the power of the symbiotes and try to, like, he is taking homeless people to try to fuse them with the symbiotes to yeah. see, find a good host. And Eddie Brock is doing reports on all these homeless, like, people showing up dead and, uh, like... Yeah, great. he's like a Victor Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. But we don't even get to that kind of like the venom part of it until way later. Like it's it follows him as like the reporter for a long time. It's straight up, I think, forty five minutes and, and until like, you actually see a venom. Yeah, and like as we're talking about it, like the like the scene where the scene where he initially interviews the the CEO guy is like so cringy. It's because so like he stole this information from his wife, which you'd think would be like he'd use it like in a smart way at least. Yeah, you'd think he would like pose as an anonymous source but himself. He, he just like jumps at him. He's like, "I heard you kill people. What are you, Mister Kill People?" <laughs> like throwing like bad jokes. Yeah, at he's him. like, "Where did you get that information?" He's just like, "Uh, I don't know." <laughs> it's like, dude, what are you doing? You're just throwing shit out. Like, yeah, if, like even if you're gonna like illegally take that information at least use it like an intelligent person exactly <laughs> like i think yeah and then his boss fires him the next day and even shit. even his boss calls him out yeah he's like he's like you're a great reporter Eddie, but like that was the stupidest shit i've ever seen yeah like who's your source yeah like you don't have one you're an idiot <laughs> and like there's as this movie goes on too like there's this weird like six month like jump which happens out of nowhere and is easily missable i literally missed it yeah like because like, i got super confused and paul was like oh no there was like a six month like uh jump and i was like wait when did that because everybody looks the same and the seasons don't change nothing changed <laughs> the seasons are the same <laughs> god damn it like it's like still new york in the summer yeah it, it did not change at all and like as he's and he's like still looking for jobs and we get like all these weird like dated 90s references yeah straight up is like circling ads in the paper <laughs> <laughs> like who looks for a job in the paper today i was like is this really the scene god it's it just doesn't make sense like if you have that in the wolf of wall street i'm buying it oh yeah it's like in the 90s but this is clearly 2019 <laughs> Oh, man. And, like, he also makes, like, an E.T. reference later, which I thought oh, was yeah. really dated. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, really? You're talking about aliens? E.T. phone home. <laughs> <laughs> Not it, only is it the worst joke, but it's, like, delivered in the weirdest fucking accent. Oh, yeah. I wasn't like, doing, like, a character. That's literally how on. he pitches that. A lot of his lines are caveman-ish. Yeah. Like, I don't know what... I, it's so like, that's confusing. That's what I mean. He comes up with these mannerisms. It's almost like a Nick Cage character without the fun. That's what I felt. Yeah. I felt like this was like a Nick Cage phoned in role for yeah. Tom Hardy. But the thing is, when Nick Cage like plays a weird character, he has fun with it at least. Like, yeah, he makes true. It, he makes it a character. No, I'm saying like this is like Tom Hardy doing a Nick a Nick Cage. That's style, what I'm saying. Yeah. Throw it in. Yeah. Like just trying to be like have these like a, be a weird character. Like, yeah. Because I think in his head he's like, what if the, like this character would have like a weird twitch or something? You know, like. <laughs> Like, what if my character's eye always twitched? Like, yeah. no, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. What if whenever he talked, he, like, kind of raised his voice and did a weird accent? <laughs> like, what? If, that's just an Eddie thing. That's what Eddie does. Like, no, no, he doesn't. No, please don't do that. That's what I mean is this movie just needed, like, someone to, like, a better director to be like, no, 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 Tom, give me another take. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, when you stomp out in the hallway because you're mad at the music, you can't just stomp like Elmer Fudd. You have to, like... <laughs> no, and one of the even better parts of, like, his, man or, or his like, freakouts were uh, when he first uh like gets the symbiote or whatever there's scenes where he literally just starts eating garbage oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's literally the trash man frank reynolds yeah he from just, it's always sunny yeah <laughs> just eats piles and piles of garbage yeah that's what i'm talking about when i, I said earlier when he just grabs the tater tots out of the freezer well, and starts and initially it's frozen tater tots yeah. and then he goes to garbage it's like why would you step down oh i really i really want to be there when they're filming that scene because it right. was clearly just shot in like a person's apartment oh yeah or like or an apartment e easily set. buildable set apartment yeah, yeah. And absolutely and it's just like all right tom walk over here to the freezer open up the bag of tater tots and i just want you to pretend like you're just shotgunning them. Like, <laughs> all right you know i'm a theater actor all right <laughs> all right here we go when i put these tater tots above my head here we go <laughs> Make sure you get this in one take. I don't want to do this more than once. Yeah, you know I have to. You know I have to work out like four hours a day and eat like a thousand calories, right? <laughs> like I can't eat frozen tater tots. Oh, I really hope they didn't make him eat the frozen tater tots. <laughs> no, he probably spit them out. I'd hope. No, he's like a method actor. He's like, no, I have to eat the garbage. <laughs> I have to eat it. I have to. No, Tom, that's real garbage. Don't eat that. No, I have to. I have to get in character. <laughs> this is what people. The troops are really gonna love to see that. Yeah, right? this is what people want to see. Venom eating garbage. <laughs> 
And at this point, I'm just like screaming at my TV, like, give me Venom. There, Yeah, there were points in this movie where I literally like threw my hands up, like, why? <laughs> and even when he ha- when he first gets the Venom symbiote, they still make us wait. Because he the Venom symbiote's like inside him for a while. Yeah, like you'll get scenes where like his hand will go symbiote and like punch someone and like his leg will like kick someone with right. the symbiote foot. And we even get this completely unnecessary motorcycle chase. Oh, God. Where it's like the Venom symbiote like throwing Caltrops and like yeah. knocking like uh, drones out of the sky. <laughs> it is the lame motorcycle scene I've ever like watched because like this movie had like an overabundance of like they must have just like had free access to like the drone CGI effect oh yeah because like drones are like all venom fights in this so movie. many drones in this movie yeah this exploding into blue fire yep that's literally like that's their main tactic to beat venom I I, I remember if only in this comic instead of null he fought a bunch of drones <laughs> that exploded into gr- to blue fire that yeah, just makes for such a better story oh that would have been so much better than null <laughs> and an army of drones being controlled by an Elon Musk type character. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we get this whole motorcycle chase and I'm like, why are we getting this when we could get like a Venom fight? Yeah. And literally the last 10 seconds of this motorcycle chase is a full Venom fight for about and 10 for, seconds. And for about 10 seconds, the movie's not bad. Yeah. It's a great 10 seconds. Yeah. Cause he actually kind of, he looks like Venom. Yep. Like they get the look pretty good. Oh yeah. And like when he, like his first line is pretty good. Cause he's like pancreas, liver, like all a tasty snack. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay, this is starting to sound like venom right and then so like we and we get like another cool scene after that where like these soldiers kind of like attack him with i mean they attack him like a bunch of idiots yeah just they just shoot a bunch of smoke grenades yeah (laughs) just to make it look cool yeah uh which it does look cool guys we gotta we gotta look our best when we're getting our heads bit off i meant this is gonna look like a freaky music video let's do it (laughs) bring in the techno we know he's weak to sound and fire why don't we use those no not yet not yet absolutely not soldier (laughs) and so like at this point we're already pretty far into the movie oh yeah when we're getting these scenes where we're finding like getting on board it's well past like an hour and like it and like from the rest on like from the rest on it's like a decent venom movie like from the rest of it like i don't i'm not in love with like the personality they gave venom like some of the things he says in his head are like cringier than others yeah he's a little edgelord yeah and like edgelord is fine but like the things he says like it's like he's trying to be funny he's like you pussy yeah, oh like, yeah oh, <laughs> no i don't just, know if i like it's just this. like bro like you even lift bro like come yeah. on bite his head off come on bro you pansy. Like, <laughs> you, what, uh, you don't want to eat people? Come yeah. on. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know about this take, but... Yeah. By the end, it's kind of okay, because like they, they do eventually get to the message where it's like, I'm going to protect people. And it's like, yeah. okay, maybe, maybe maybe now for the sequel, they can make it better. And we do eventually get the We Are Venom line. Yeah, and then we get Raggedy Ann. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was 10 times worse than I could have possibly expected. Yeah, like Woody Harrelson, like, there's going to be carnage. <laughs> oh my, I couldn't, like... I'd, I'd heard about how bad it was, but I was not prepared for that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, was that bad? Oh, my, and it's like some of the lines in this movie, like whoever wrote this script thought they were hilarious. Honestly. Like and they thought they were so clever. They thought they were Quentin Tarantino writing <laughs> these lines. Like, oh, like the line was like, what culinary delights are going to tickle my pickle tonight? <laughs> like, we're going to bite your head off and it'll roll down the street like a turd in the wind. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, who are you? Hey, those are some hell of, good quote oh my god oh man I, I can't even believe some of the lines in this but tickle my pickle yep i'll <laughs> never get over that nope so i mean that's that's the venom movie i mean i i did i honestly i did not enjoy this it was it was even tough to by get the through. time it got decent like i the things i was enjoying were all superficial it was oh, like yeah. that venom looks good yeah <laughs> i was like I don't enjoy what it's doing or really what's happening, but it looks okay. Yeah. yeah the I mean, effects are all right. Like, honestly, I would rather rewatch Catwoman than watch this again. Oh, yeah, because at least that's, like, comically bad. Yeah, and not only that, but, like, there were scenes in it that, like, I was having fun with. Oh, yeah, even totally. Even if it was ironically. Totally, yeah. And, and even scenes where I was unironically almost having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, because and, most of this, like, unironic fun is just cringy as all yeah. hell. And it's like, uh, like if we, even if I had to rank the other bad movies we've done, like Green Lantern, I, would you say Green Lantern better or worse than this? Honestly, it's either even or I'd put I would watch Green Lantern. I would this. say Green Lantern is better than this, yeah. Because like, if I think about like Sinestro and like uh, Hector Hammond, like they were bad, but like they weren't like. Like, Sinestro was good. Yeah, and like Ryan Reynolds, like wasn't just hamming it up. Like he actually. Like gave a decent performance. Yeah. Right, what about uh, Suicide Squad versus this? Oh, that's. Mm. We we did Suicide Squad. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, if you I think uh, I'll I'll let you answer first. If you cut out like 
30 minutes of Suicide Squad. No, I'm saying as is. <laughs> as is. You don't Fuck, make changes. Dude. I don't know. So if we could make changes, I'd be all over this. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm reaching. I don't know. I, gut, I, gut decision. Which one's better? Recency bias tells me Suicide Squad, but in the long I, run, I'd probably say I'd watch Venom over it. See, I, I was going to say, I think Suicide Squad is also a better movie than this. Ah, really? Okay. Yeah. That's the thing is, I, what other bad movies have we done? I'm trying to think. Uh, okay, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Better or worse than this? Uh, this is easy for me. I'd say worse. Oh, really? I think better. I really? think Rise of the Silver Surfer is better than this. Oh, yeah. No, I, I got it backwards. Oh, I'd right. Say okay, that. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. No, I, definitely. Because Rise of the Silver Surfer, I didn't even hate that movie. I didn't hate it. And the, didn't the Silver Surfer good. parts are great, too. I didn't I didn't think it, it was good, but I didn't hate it. I was watching it like, all right, that was a, yeah, that was a comic book movie. No, you're right. I didn't yeah. hate it as much as this. Is this the is this the, my least favorite movie we've done? Hold on, I'm gonna look at the list of our episodes before we end this episode. I gotta <laughs> yeah, no, let's let's count the TV show. So, Birds of Prey show better or worse than this movie? Worse. Okay, yeah, that is. Yeah. Worse. <laughs> that, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not. Fair. That was like an unfinished product. Exactly. <laughs> that that was like a pilot, a, like a, a continuing pilot. That was like an early '90s network TV pilot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And at like the dawn of like first adapting honestly i think give that crew a venom movie in 2019 they make a better movie oh definitely like think of what they did with oracle that's already better than what they did with eddie brock that's the thing movie. there was a there was a good amount of redeeming factors about that show at least like this movie i really can't come up with a lot holy shit yeah okay so for me this is the lowest ranked movie we've done so far yeah venom is the although that hellboy was pretty bad oh uh, hellboy was pretty bad <laughs> um th okay let's let's bring it up hellboy or the or, or venom oh man I think Hellboy's better. There was some good moments in Hellboy. Yeah. Yeah. A good sequence. Like the, I'll take that. I'll watch that Baba I, Yaga sequence. I would. I would watch that on loop for two hours before watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably do that too. So, okay. It's official. Yeah. This is the this lowest. Is the this is the worst movie we've done so far. Man, so, consensus. congratulations, Venom. <laughs> congratulations. You, and you picked it. Worst so far. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the sequel. Oh, I love when I get to pick Honestly, the movies. <laughs> actually, I can actually say I'm kind of pumped for the sequel because I have to see how bad that it fucking can't be worse how bad is that raggedy andy gonna be oh god you're how right. bad is carnage no, it, gonna no, be no the, the hair is different they oh showed the hair oh that's right yeah, oh, the, damn it the damn hair, it yeah. no never mind i don't even want to see it then. i wanted to see two hours of raggedy Andy. i did <laughs> i would have loved it all right everybody join us next week hopefully the next thing we review won't be the worst thing we've done yeah <laughs> donnie cates and ryan stegman you guys did very well oh yeah the, i would say that's book. that's pretty highly ranked in what we're doing but the, the movie is, yeah because if the comic would have been bad this week that would have just been that would have been double whammy yeah <laughs> all right everybody join us next time uh, oh, and you'll yeah. find out what culinary delights are tickling our pickle next week <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs>